Welcome back to the Better Man and Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb, and um, I want to thank you guys for joining us back again for our second episode. And man, um, some great feedback from our first episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the shares on Podbean, and uh, we are happy to announce that iTunes has approved, and I'm now on iTunes. The podcast is there, so hopefully it can reach more people. We can see the subscribers. We can see really with the continue start stop for the review process. So if you could go on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and then leave me a review of something I can start, something I can stop, and something I can continue doing. So as part of my growth plan as I learn this podcast um, and try to deliver the best content I can. And... Um, Boy, today it just even gets better. This has been a really cool experience for me. Uh, I've already gotten a chance to talk to two really good guys this week and what will be coming out on multiple podcasts in the future. Today's podcast will be featuring Jimmy Jackson. And Jimmy's a longtime friend. He is currently the associate head coach at James Madison University. The last four years, he served as a pitching coach. This year would have been his first season. Oh, I guess he started a couple games um, as associate head coach with the Dukes. Uh, he is the former pitching coach at Fordham University, as well as the former pitching coach and recruiting coordinator at Siena College. He went to a school here in Maryland called Archbishop Spalding, a very good private school. He played there for them. He also got some professional time, played in the Frontier League, and was an all-conference player for Shepherd University, really close to here, our area, and just an absolute stud of a guy. Who wouldn't tell you that he is, but he is. I mean, we were just talking how, you know, he hadn't played infield in a couple of years, and all of a sudden in college, they, his coach wants to put him out on third base and did a great job, but, um, you know, but he was just an athlete, man, and uh, just really happy to have him on. We talked some great about a bunch of things, actually more than what I was expecting to do. And uh, it was just, you know, we've we've stayed in touch all these years and we see him at every, almost every conference we go to. Jimmy's there and, I'm you know, I see him and we talked about going to us a couple other ones. So it's just always a pleasure to talk to Jimmy. And, and um, you know, I'm really hopeful that you guys, and I, I really know that you're going to get some great content through this conversation um, he even gets into recruiting to talk about that and just even showing about being a better man and how that influences the kind of ball players and people that he's even looking to recruit, how he's doing that with his guys. Uh, and it is a, at a high level. You know, James Madison is a great university. They, are, they play some very competitive baseball. Um, have been fortunate enough to have a kid or two recruited by Jimmy and, and them never got um, a chance to have him an actual player there, but we've, we've had a couple that he's been interested in, and, you know, uh, Jimmy's a top-notch guy, and James Madison is, but I still think you can, even though that's a high-level, high-division one level, he still creates some good topics for either me as a player to what I need to be doing right now, or as a parent, or even as a coach, if you haven't gotten in touch with your guys, or if you're trying to prepare for... <clears throat> the time when we're getting ready to um, 
get back into the swing of things, but or even right now what you can be doing. So he hits on a lot of things uh, through our conversation. Um, we just touch on a ton of things, and I just couldn't wait to share this with you. It was just a home run. Jimmy knocked it out of the park, and I couldn't be more happy to share it with you and spend some time with a really good friend of mine and a quality man and a quality coach. So here he is from James Madison University, Jimmy Jackson. I think that's our job is like we have to make sure that they are their best coach, which I know a lot of people say now, but like it's true. I don't need to be your best guy. I don't need to know how to fix your delivery or work on your break. You need to know how to do that. So right now you don't have me. So you better be a good coach for yourself because yeah, you can call me or send me a video, but at the end of the day, what are you going to do? FaceTime me for a 30 pitch bullpen? Like, absolutely. No, man. So you better be able to figure this stuff out. So a lot of times when we throw pens, I won't even say nothing to our guys. There's certain days that I say, Hey man, today you're on your own. Like if you need me, then yeah, ask me something. If something's bothering you, hurting, of course. But other than that, you know what the plan is today. You know, you're simulating batters. We're trying to get ahead in the count, whatever. Um, have at it. Let's go. And I just watch, you know. So if they miss three, four, five times in a row, I'm waiting for them to make their correction. And even, and if they don't, they don't. Because I think – I think that's probably one of the biggest issues or one of the biggest problems that coaches make a mistake. And I did the same thing when I was younger was you constantly want to fix it. Like you want to be the, not, not selfishly, but you know the answer. So you want to tell them the answer, you know, show how much, you know, know, I got to show them how much I know. Yeah. And and you're not doing it in the set in like a pompous way. You're just doing it because you're the coach. And you feel like that's how I can help. I can really help you. I can really help you. Exactly. Like that's, that's what you're there for. But then Mm -hmm. there's times where it's like, well, if I'm constantly giving you the answers, how are you ever going to figure this out? Right. You know, I've been telling you this for the last four bullpens. Enough's enough. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm not telling you anymore. Especially, you know, especially when the bullets start flying in the game. You know, I'm not sure if you were on the, the Zoom call with, with uh, Brownie and, and uh, yeah, McKin- McKinley, yeah. but when he talked about towing the rubber or towing the plate, I mean, that was like, I was like, holy jeez. You know, because like we all say competing or training, you know, but like towing the rubber, towing the plate, man, that's different. Like that's a different, you know, oh, mindset. Yeah. And like your pitching coach, you know, he ain't out there with you, you know, and that was, I forget where I was. I, I was listening to one uh, with Sheets and um, Butch, and uh, he was talking about, like, you know, guys as pitching coaches, you know, like, because he's like, well, the guy talked to him. I think it was Chuck Box, too. And um, Chuck was like, you know, this, this pitcher's told him, like, oh, you know, he's he's lights out when he pitches for his pitching coach. You know, he just can't – he just can't uh, – he, he can't do it when you're around. He's like, well, I'm going to be in a dugout uh, every game, buddy, so you better right. figure it out, you know. So, like, <laughs> right. yeah, man. Like, I mean, I tell you what, I've heard that stuff, too. Like, oh, you know, like – I. I threw well in the barn or I, I threw well my blast bullpen session, you know, like, and I was like, that's great, but I'm going to be here. And you got to, you got to right. show up for me too, you know, like, right. And so uh, I, I agree with that, man. Like, so um, I, this is a great time for that. I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, the, in the quarantine, you know, like you, you, we're not going to have the contact with people. So, I mean, that's a time for people. So, so how do, you know, cause if we all just practice kind of the same kind of things, so then how are we, 
getting, how, how are you helping your kids be intentional about getting better though? Like, how are they, you know, cause if I just practice, you know, guys are out shooting basketball all the time. They're not the next, you know, Michael Jordan, they're not the next Kobe Bryant. They're not, you know, they're, they're going to throw every day, but they're not going to be the next, you know, the next Scherzer, you know, like what's going to allow them to know to get better and be ready for you. Let's say in the fall. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for our guys right now is just that is just keeping themselves in shape, whatever that is, whatever they have access to. So whether it's from a throwing standpoint, a lifting, a running, uh, I know some of our guys are doing a little more running than they normally do. Um, you know, we don't, we don't do a lot of distance running. Uh, I think most coaches have probably gone away from that with all the science we have to back it up. But, uh, but you know, one of our guys told me last night, he's like, yeah, I've gone out and ran two miles every couple of days. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's better than sitting on the couch. I mean, well, especially uh, if you're responding to it, if they aren't response to it. Yeah, exactly. And not for nothing. I mean, pitchers for a hundred years have been running distance. I don't think it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the same goes for throwing. One of our guys said he's got a young neighbor, uh, I think is nine, 10 years old and he'll play light catch with him until he gets to a certain distance. And then, uh, when he needs to throw hard, he just has the kid back up way further than what he's planning on throwing. And that way it bounces by the time it gets to him, you know, so he's not hurting him. Mm -hmm. Some of our guys have an old batting cage in their yard. They can throw into the net just as Mm -hmm. if it was raining here. And we were uh, in our indoor facility throwing, you know, you got to know how to throw into a net and work your way up on those angles, you know, to simulate long tossing. Um, Some guys have mounds at home. Some guys, dads are able to catch them. A couple of our guys, which I, I can't even do myself, but, uh, some of their dads used to play and, uh, you know, they'll get down and catch them when they need to throw a bullpen or a flat ground or short box or something. Um, really, I think this is the time where they have to be innovative a little bit. You know, one of our guys said, well, I don't have a mound, but my backyard is kind of on a downward slope. So honestly, I feel like the angle is about right. And I just throw my bullpen like that. Yeah. I'm like, well, but yeah. What's yeah, the problem with, with that? With you my know? son, my with son, our backyard game kind of went like, you just go stand up there. I'll sit up here and <laughs> there's your mound, buddy. Go yeah. Ahead, don't exactly. throw off the slant. You know? It's yeah. Just- I mean, uh, but I, and I do think, you know, if, if we're going to take something good out of this, which there's clearly way too much bad coming out of this, but if there's something good coming out of it for baseball players, I think it's the fact that they have to figure out some things on their own. Now, now they're being forced. They're not able to go get lessons. They're not able to have us in their ear every time they play catch or throw a bullpen. Um, they got to do things on their own. Like and you said, it's forced to be their best coach, which is like, you know, what, exactly. you're, what you're talking about, which is, it's great. It's great stuff. Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's, it's something that I've always tried to push to guys and even more so uh, in, here in the last few years, trying to really explain to them how important I think it is for them to be their best coach. You know, now in my case, I'm pushing it more towards the extent of when you're out there on the mound, I can't constantly be talking to you. You know, I can only do so many mound visits in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the catcher can only come out so many times to help you, but even more so for me coaching at this level is when you do get drafted, you're going to have brand new coaches and you're going to have multiple pitching coaches over every single level that you play. You're going to have coordinators, 
special assistants, you know, you name it, coming in and trying to help you. And you need to take their advice. But at the end of the day, you better know what works for you. Absolutely. And if you know what that is, then you can stick to your game plan and take their ideas and use them. But you'll know what if somebody gives you an idea and it's something we tried two years ago. Well, you don't want to necessarily tell that coach you don't want to try it, but you know, you now know in the back of your mind, well, eh, I gave this a try a couple years ago. You know, I'll, I'll do it a little and see if it works now, but you know, I I know what works for me. I know what's going to get me to the next level, Mm -hmm. you know, which like you said, I mean, like we're saying, it's comes down to you being your best coach. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like with you and your staff, you've got how many guys you have on staff on your pitching staff? staff? Uh, we're usually around 17, 18. Yeah. I mean, so I'm sure that I'm sure that when you talk being your best coach, not everybody's ready to be, you know, so hands off and just wait three or four pitches. I'm sure that, you know, how you treat maybe a freshman coming in or not even a freshman, because there's some freshmen that have great makeup and, you know, just very mature, but just the maturity of those 17 guys, you know, because even right now I know, you know, there's a kid like Daniel Walter, you know, who I've got, if this kid is a mature kid who I can lay out a plan and he goes and does it. There's also another kid, you know, over here who's same age that I got to like, you know, it's, it's almost like you're, you're almost, it's not every pitch, right. but it's just like, Hey, you've thrown three pitches and I know that you're not understanding like, or you're just, Hey, you're, you're going a mile, you know, you're, you're not even taking a breath between these pitches, you know, like you're just throwing. Right. So how do you handle, handle those two types of things or maybe like if you have a process of uh like kind of looking at um I guess each individual yeah well and I think that's what it comes down to is I think you have to understand the player first you have to mm-hmm. understand them as a person not just a pitcher um not only as a learner as a mover uh how does he respond when you when you give him criticism how does he respond when you give him positive feedback you know you have to understand him individually you know and i know everybody talks about individualizing stuff now and i'm all for it i mean we do our best to individualize everything you know we don't have many days every once in a while we do but we don't have many days where we say everybody's throwing a bullpen and this is what we are all working on um that doesn't really happen. You know, some guys are using the core velocity belt and they've done it a handful of times. They understand what it's helping them do. So I don't need to be with them. I can kind of let the belt be the coach, let the field be the coach where I can be on the other mound with whether it's a freshman, junior, senior, doesn't matter because we need to work on more of sequencing pitches and he's not very good at it. Even if he is 20 years old, he still might not be very good at it. So that's something where I do need to be in his ear, me and him communicating every single pitch he throws because we're talking about getting a batter out. Um, But I think that's all it comes down to. I think you have to know the player first, then you'll understand and know how to coach him, you know, and you'll know how to attack that bullpen or that throwing session or that short box or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, there's some guys that, you know, we throw anywhere from five, six, seven days a week, depending on the time of the year and uh, depending on where they're at in their throwing plans or. So are you giving where we're at so, in the season? So right now, are, are you are you giving throwing plans to your pitchers 
And are they, yeah. are they based off their individual needs? Yeah, I would say it's, you know, if we have 17, 18 pitchers, there's, there's not 18 different plans. Sure, sure. Um, You're going to have you know, a, a sinker guy. Or, right. Right. Well, and seven and seven or eight of them may be doing exactly the same stuff in a seven day span. They might sure. all be long tossing twice a week, playing catch another three or four days a week, and then mixing in some short boxes or flat grounds, whatever works best for them, which is another thing I'm big on. I'm not big on making every pitcher throw flat grounds or every pitcher throw short boxes. We try to figure out which one or both. Sometimes guys like throwing both. But usually you'll find more guys like leaning one way or the other. It's so like, yeah, that I really basically, like. Because like that's that? what I, that's that, that's where I'm kind of going with certain things. Like, is that just a conversation you're having with kids, and just or just like you're just saying, hey, based off of how your arm feels, like, hey, that's why you might be a short box guy, or based on how your stuff looks, they might be be a flat ground guy. Like, how do you how do you determine yeah, I'd, that? I'd say it's yeah, you can base it off feel as far as how their arm feels from it but both things are done on a lighter scale you know whether that's you know you can call it 70 percent 80 percent 90 we're never going 100 percent in either one of those um your big more, aggressive day would probably be your long toss day is what you're talking about right your big aggressive days there long toss and bullpen days probably right aggressive, exactly high intent exactly. days yeah and, <laughs> and, and then your day flat grounding more like your like a hybrid day or a command day or i think like scott brown talked like your connecting day you know, I yeah, thought that was and, pretty cool. And honestly, we, you know, we just call it a light day. Um, yeah. Light, medium, heavy is, you know, kind of how I look at it. Yeah, for sure. Trying to keep it as simplified. And, and don't get me wrong. I like a lot of the terms and a lot of the, uh, you know, different programming that, that people have come up with. Uh, but to be honest, it's just kind of something that evolved on its own amongst me and our pitchers is, you know, hey, how heavy are you going today? And guys yeah. would just look at me. Some would say medium. Some would say, eh, I'm going to go like 140, 150 CI I feel. And if I feel real good, I'm going to go heavy. And I'm going to yeah. turn it into a long toss day. That's so cool. it's not really planned out to the sense of um, I can't walk out. If, if we were in season right now and I walk out to practice today, I couldn't look at you if you were coming in to hang out and watch and say, okay, these five guys are long tossing today. I know that for sure. I know there's a couple that are planning on it, but I also know there's going to be about seven other guys that if they feel really good, they're going to turn it into a long toss day. Right. And, and that's something that, you know, our head coach, coach Ike has been incredible with uh, since day one is me and him getting on the same page and saying, listen, you know, when you say how much time do the pitchers need to throw today? I, honestly, the answer is, I don't know. You know, we're, we're going to see how guys feel. Some guys are going to be done playing catch in four to six minutes. And then some guys are going to keep throwing. They're going to feel great. Next thing you know, they're out there throwing for 15 minutes, throwing 320 feet and pulling down on the way in. And they feel so good that they say, hey, I'm going to go throw a short box. Okay, fine. You feel great. You aired it out. Now go in there and throw a short box and work on your pitches. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather a guy be in a short box situation or a flat ground situation to work on their actual pitches. Absolutely. Spinning, spinning the ball, throwing chain. And there's, of course, there's drills you can do or a guy throwing a hundred feet to get a feel for a changeup. But I'm saying when they're actually trying to feel their pitches, uh, I mean, I would prefer a short box because you're off a mound mm -hmm. and our job is to be really, really good on a slope. 
Yeah. So why not be on that slope more often? But there are some guys that have been trained or coached their whole lives and they love flat grounds and they get a lot out of it. So we don't take it away unless we think it's going to physically hurt them. Which yeah, unless, I, unless you're not I getting the results, the results exactly. say, Hey man, we got to figure something out. You're not, you know, doing it. And so I guess that's what's, that's what's so unique about this situation right now is, and that's why I think this intentional throwing is so important right now, because they're not going to get that feedback unless they are trying to be intentional about growing in certain, a certain way. You know, right. like I told my son, like we, we have a fence over that hit that fence, hit that fence pole three times, because then you're going to know, like, if I'm not doing something right, or if it takes me 20 throws, we're doing something different because, you know, right. you're, that's some feedback. I just feel like kids, guys, we, right now we need to be, you know, intentional. Um, and there's light days where you're just feeling things out and you're doing those things. But like, you know, there's got to be, I think al- along with the heavy days or even maybe part of your light days still have to have some type of where are you getting the feedback? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think when you say intentional days, the way I think of it is, Basically, I at least the way I would understand it is focusing on command. You know, you need to know where you're throwing the ball, if your body's in rhythm, timed up, whatever term or phrase you like to use. Uh, we say timed up a lot. Um, but if everything is on time, your release point ends up being on time uh, because everything else that comes before it. You know, I'm not a big fan of saying a guy's release point is off because, yeah, he threw it over the catcher's head. Of course, his release point's off. But it's something probably at the very beginning of his delivery, or if me and him are playing catch, it's at the very beginning. It's his first step. It's the way he didn't load into his backside or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so when I think intentional, I do think command, but I also think, I think a lot of young guys and even our college guys, they have to be careful not to be overly concerned with exact perfect command and not throw hard at the same time so it's one thing if if you have to back down in order to be accurate then so be it do that and then keep increasing your velocity from there and try to keep the accuracy because i know it's something that i i tried to push this years ago was you know every day we play catch hit the guy in the chest hit the guy in the chest if you miss his chest it's bad and the further guys go out, you know, you're at 160 feet. Are you really worried about hitting the guy exactly in the chest? Probably not. You're probably just making sure you're getting your arm loose. When you get to 300 feet, just keep it in the framework of his body. And that's a pretty good throw. But now when you're coming in, I want you to pull down and yeah, I don't want you chucking the ball over his head, but that's more for mechanical and, and injury issues. I want you to miss, miss low when you're pulling down. And then yes, when you get back in, try to command the ball, but try to command the ball at max effort if possible, if, if that makes sense. So I, I don't want guys to constantly back off their velocity in order to have the command. I think you can do both, I mm-hmm. guess is my- Well, that should be the goal. To simplify it is, yeah, you should be able to do both. And if you can't, then yes, 100%, make sure the command is there first and then try to increase from there. Like, I don't know, let's say you're working on your delivery. All we're focused on is getting into your backside, you know, keeping it down the mound or staying loaded down the whatever. And then all of a sudden they throw a, a real good one or a real bad one or something. And the next thing, and it's half my fault because sometimes my mind goes there. 
and I'll go, oh man, yeah, did you see the break on that? Like, look at that. It did X, Y, and Z. And then I'm sitting there like, oh crap. No, I told this kid, like, we're doing 30 pitches, 50 pitches, whatever. And all we're focused on is on the mound. But then my attention went somewhere else. Went to the ball, went to the result. Yeah, exactly. So I, as soon as I got back, I was, we were throwing a pen with one of our older guys. And uh, all we were worried about was actually the result. We weren't, you know, I was like, listen, we're not worried about mechanics, nothing like that. And uh, of course, like one minute into me explaining like what I thought, you know, I think we should work on the most today. I said, wait a minute, you know what? I heard a really good term <laughs> and this is the term. And, uh, and right away, I'm like, listen, we're either working over the rubber or we're working over the plate. And today, yeah. everything we're doing is working over that plate. We're yeah. using Rapsodo, video. We're worried about what the ball is doing. Is it breaking correctly for what we want? You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, so like even getting back to even like the intentional throwing is now even just even touching base with a kid and talk to a kid and being like, you got to have days or you got to have times in your throwing plan to where you are towing the rubber and when you are working over the plate, you know, whatever one you're doing, that's almost got to be part of every day where even just a guy needs to know, like I said, there's, you know, the biggest thing with all of us is, is knowing. And then once you have the awareness, then you can create a strategy and then you can put the strategy into place. So I think most guys don't even understand, even for us, like, well, these were like aha moments, like, holy, you know, it's just a better way to communicate it. So, you know, I feel like, you know, if we're telling a kid like, okay, on your heavy day, you're going to first activate yourself over the rubber to get yourself ready to throw over the plate and over the right. plate with a lot of velocity, with a lot of intent and don't care what it looks like. And don't even worry about what it looks like. All you're worried about is, am I, like you're saying, am I commanding the ball with math, max effort? Like that's your over the plate time, you right. know? And, and so, and you're getting that feedback based on then what you're doing. So I just think it's a great way to communicate it, man. I think it was, it was so, so good. Cause I guess, I guess I've always communicated with like, we're competing now or we're working on mechanics. Like it's, it's yeah, yeah. one of the two, it's kind of like that thing. Right. Okay. It's, this Same is a, com- yeah. it's a competing bullpen or this is a um, mechanic or a field bullpen, which a lot of short boxes were really just feel stuff, you know, like, my yeah. short boxes were all like, we do short boxes before, like the day before a high intent day, you know, that was always like, well, what a lot of guys, you know, um, like even Bywaters was a big guy. Like he would just love to, before we had his high intent day or game day, he just wanted 50 feet on the mound, you know, get a yeah. feel for some things. Don't care where the ball was over the plate. And just, I got to throw my change up till I get a good feel. I got to throw my fastball. till I got my release down till he felt it. And, you know, so yeah, we always talk in terms of feel or or mechanics or then competing, you know, and then, right. you know, competing was like, okay, we're charting this, you know, or, uh, you know, where you're going, or you're me versus you kind of kind of bullpen where you, know, you kind of play, we talked to Leopard 10, you know, we, we first one to 10, 10 wins. It was almost like a game of horse. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I threw a strike of a fastball, then you'd have to throw a curveball. Uh, and if you didn't throw for a strike, then I'd have to throw the curveball for a strike. And we just, the first one to 10 wins. Um, right. But that was competitive. That was being over the plate. Um, right. I just, it, man, what a great, it was just a great way to communicate. And I think that's what this time is for, man. I think if you're not spending this time right now, I think you're seeing a lot of good baseball coaches that are just trying to take advantage of this time and still, still get better. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that's what we're hoping all of our players are doing too, whether that's at least from a baseball standpoint, yeah, we want them to get their work in and, 
you know, throw and run and hopefully they're lifting some way, shape or form, even right. if that's push-ups and pull-ups or something. Um, but hopefully, you know, they're reading some things or listening to podcasts or uh, using YouTube or looking on different websites that are out there. Um, you know, hopefully they are doing those things. I mean, I've, I've tried to remind our guys, um, you know, at the same time, like as much as, as much as we all love baseball, like just keep in mind that you are home and for whatever reason, all this stuff is going on, make sure you are there with your family, make sure you keep up with your schoolwork. Like these things are still important, but they're probably even more important than they've ever been. And then, yeah, you have plenty of time to do baseball stuff now because how long does it really take to go lift, throw and do a few sprints? You know, you have 24 hours and nobody's forcing you to be anywhere at any time. You don't have to go to class. You don't have to come to a meeting. We don't have any pitchers meetings. You don't have study hall, you know, like you're basically free completely. So out of the, I mean, hopefully you're awake. I don't know, 15 of those hours, I would hope. Right. Out of 15 of those hours, what are you going to do? Two or three for baseball tops. Right. And that's tops, tops. So, you know, those other 12 hours, make sure you are, you should be doing even better at schoolwork right now with your schoolwork, right? You have more than enough time. You're, you're trying to create better men is what really, it really sounds like you, you you're say you're reminding them about podcasts, reading um, YouTube and things like that. Um, and just even, like you said, I think reminding guys about their home, being with their family, um, that's about creating a better person, you know, a better man. Are there anything specifics um, that you are like possibly doing? Do you have your guys do anything during the year, or even during this time that um, like during those maybe talks that you're having with your staff, do you, do they share out those kind of things that they're doing? Um, yeah. I mean, they just, I think it's like anything else, like any other general conversation that we have with them from coach to player is just asking them what they're doing. Um, you know, and if it's, if the conversation starts going in a direction of uh, nothing, I'm bored, I'm sitting at home, I'll go work out. You know, you try to give them some ideas of something to do or, you know, keep in mind you have a little brother or a little sister, maybe you can help them with this or that, um, or your parents for that matter. Or do you have a grandparent that you can, you know, deliver stuff to or help them out? Uh, I think it's just, you know, general general things that I, I, you know, I guess they seem kind of normal, at least in my mind. Uh, I wouldn't say it's anything I've really planned out or uh, made it a point to say to guys. It's more so just in general conversation, you know, remind, but I mean, I'll be honest, we have really good, really good people in our program. I mean, we don't have, we genuinely do not have one person associated with our team, whether that's support staff, coach, uh, or players that, that aren't good people, you know? So there's, you really don't have to remind these guys of a lot of things like that. You know, they come from good families, which is a huge thing for us. Uh, we have to know their family before we recruit them in the first place. So, you know, when you come from a good family, uh, that respects others, works hard, typically the kid follows, you know, so um, some of our guys have told me about things. We have one of our uh, best players is helping out his neighbors a lot. Uh, the kids, uh, they've been close family friends for years. 
and they lost their dad uh, this past fall in a, uh, I think uh, it was a very sudden thing that happened, wasn't expected. And he had, I think it's two young children. And now that, you know, our guy is home, he's trying to be over there as much as he can. Uh, he's basically going over every day, whether it's playing catch with the little guy, or I know he said he was helping them with stuff in their garage, fixing stuff, um, whatever he can possibly do because he knows, you know, these kids are without a dad. He has a chance to be home. They kind of look at him as like an older brother. Um, you know, he's the youngest in his family. So all his siblings are older. They don't really need his help with anything. So he's kind of taking it upon himself to go over there and do as much as he can to hang out with them. You nice. know, and, and you know, that's a kid that you're going to count on and that when it really matters too. I mean, like a hundred percent. And so like, and, and that's, that's all my point. Like, even with this is like, is, is better men, better wall players. Like I just feel like, so would you, so it, it even sounds like these are the kind of kids that you go and look for. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, and I'll be honest with you. Like I, you know, being at three different universities, three different head coaches, um, I've learned a ton from all of them. And, but I would say the one thing that, or, I mean, there's been a few things, of course, that I've taken from Coach Ike, but one of the things that really sticks out in my head constantly is not only how good of a person he is, but how good he is at judging character of people. And we will have a, so basically, you know, in, in the recruiting world, I'm sure you know, you know, you have a plan for when a kid visits, like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Then we're going to bring them in the office. Then we're going to make an offer. We're going to tell them what we can do. And then hopefully it goes good from there. Um, there's been a couple times, sadly, that that was the plan going in. And that kid ends up leaving the office. And me or Alex are turning to Coach Ike and going, what happened? Why didn't you offer him? And he's like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know? We, we talked about this. We planned this. Like, you know. And he's like, I didn't get a good feeling. And I'm like, huh. And like the first time it happened, you know, three years ago, four years ago, I'm like, what in the heck? Like in my mind, thinking from a recruiting standpoint, like, God, we did all this work, you know, and, and we finally got him on campus. Like now we're just going to poof, not yeah. offer him. And I'll be darned, you know, it's only happened a couple of times, thank God. But uh, when it's happened, Oddly enough, you know, and we keep track of what these guys do when they do move on to college. It is typically, at least in those two scenarios, it's been a guy who they ended up committing somewhere a couple months later. Then they decommitted themselves. Then they committed somewhere else. Then they went to that school. Things for some reason didn't work out. Then they transferred. And it's like, man, you know what? You were right. Now, yeah, I'd always like to think like if they came here, maybe things would be different. But probably not, you know, probably not. It's probably, uh, we were probably right in, in passing, I guess is what I would say. And that's, and that goes a long way because no matter how good these guys are at baseball, if they're not a good person, it really doesn't matter because mm -hmm. they're going to mess up our team dynamic. They're going to mess up our, you know, our culture it's going to be more bad than good. Right. And, and you want, and you want to think that you have a strong enough culture that people want to, you know, get into that and buy into that. Um, right. You know, we all, we all want that as coaches and we all believe that. And um, cause especially in a high school setting, like 
you're not dealt with just getting your type of people, you know, you have to have a strong enough culture where it's going to, or even have right. a strong enough presence, you know, where you can um, bring everybody into that and have a strong enough vision that people want to buy into that. And, yeah, that's no, and I, I do think I, that's why I like the title of what you, you know, what you named your podcast. Cause as soon as you sent me the link to the first one you did, I'm like, man, that's such a, it's such a cool name. I mean, to be honest, because it is truly what we're all trying to do as coaches, you know, and we may not, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't necessarily sit a lot of guys down and say, you know, this is what you need to do to uh, become a man or later in life, this is going to happen. Like those things just kind of happen organically. I think, you know, we don't, at least in my case, I don't plan a lot of those things, Um, but they constantly come up, of course, you know, whether it's from skipping classes here or there, uh, leaving and just being early. kids. Yeah, exactly. They're doing the same things that all of us did. Right. And of course, you know, I think it is our job, you know, as coaches to prepare them for later in life, whether that's, you know, even if they do get a chance to move on to the professional ranks, even the best in the world aren't there forever. You know, mm-hmm. at some point you're going to have to stop playing and do something else. So we're really preparing them more for that than we are professional baseball. As much as we want to be preparing them for professional baseball, we need to prepare them for everything else. They're going to be dads. They're going to be husbands. You know, they have to know how to do those things. And, and like I said, I think their parents, of course, 100% play the biggest role in that. But us as, as coaches, we're around them. And especially in college, we're around them even more than their parents by far, at least for this four year period. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even close, you know. Uh, so a lot of what our discussions are or, or things and where they end up leading towards, uh, of course, are going to revolve around life after baseball, life after college. Uh, and like you said, just becoming a better person. You know, I mean, I took it from Coach Eller, you know, with Tommy and was like, he was always trying to get guys to be division one guys, which is just like what I want to do. Like I want to get as many, I want to develop as many division one kids as I can, because, you know, and then that's not always the case. And not all kids are even going to play college baseball, you know, but you'd like to say that I'm going to prepare them for that. But at the same time, you have to have both hats on where like most guys, you're going to be a better, more of a person than you are a baseball, a longer person than you are a baseball player. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's just what it's going to be. You know, I mean, we all are trying to hang on and be coaches, but at the same time, like, it's just a matter of us being, you know, good men of what we can then better help the kids out too. Right. Well, and that, and I truly think the coaches that have stayed in this game the longest and it probably, and it probably bodes well for most sports, uh, I would assume, because I think coaches are coaches no matter what sport they are, but it never seems to fail. The guys that are in really good positions as coaches, whether that's, the head coach at Vanderbilt, for instance, uh, a head coach that's gotten to be a head coach for 40 plus years. They're genuinely good people. You know, there's a reason why they've been able to build the culture that everybody talks about or sustain a program uh, that not only wins, but is respected. And there's a reason why those guys have careers as coaches, whether that's, you know, even for assistant coaches, there's a lot of us uh, you know, hopefully I get to that point where I'm doing this for the next 20, 30 years. Um, you know, and I think that's what it comes down to. You got, you have to be a good person and you know, as well as I do, and every coach does, uh, 
a lot of coaching as far as moving up or uh, getting a better job or becoming a head coach is a lot of who you know, but it's not just who you know in the sense of, yeah, I played summer ball with him back in the day. It's because he remembers you because you're a good person. Because you're a good dude. Absolutely. You're a good teammate. You're, you're a good guy. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not, so yes, it a hundred percent, you know, who, you know, matters, but you know, there's a lot of people I know that if I was a head coach tomorrow, I wouldn't hire um, just because I know them. Uh, so yeah, I know, I, I know them, but the problem is I know them. That's so, right. So I wouldn't, um, you know, there's plenty of people like in our head coach's case. I mean, he brought all of us from all different, uh, universities. We all came from somewhere different, which was a crazy dynamic. Most, most times that doesn't happen. Somebody brings somebody with them, or there's some connection where you coached with a guy 10 years ago and now they're coaching with you. So, uh, and, and honestly, that's one of the things that coach, I talked to all of us about in that process of being hired was, you know, we were recommended to him by people that he knows and he trusts. You know, and I know you and I trust you. So if you tell me I can believe you about a guy, then I believe you a hundred percent because I trust you a hundred percent. And that's, and that's truly how it worked out for me here. I mean, uh, I got in that position from a couple guys he knew saying my name to him, letting them know things I had done, whatever. And then really the, I think the, the deciding factor that kind of made him say yes to hiring me was a person he used to work for who is a friend of a friend of mine and literally was exactly what we're talking about. This guy 100% fully trusts this guy and this guy fully trusts that guy. And that happened to be me. So he offered me the job, you know? And, th and those kind of things are going to happen now, you know, that people are having this chance to, you know, especially players are getting this opportunity to be trusted that they're getting their work done. And so their, their reputation, their character is only going to get strengthened by saying, here's what I've done. Because if your body comes in there overweight and your arms struggling after day one or day two, your character is going to get blown up because we all <laughs> right. know what right. you did during this time, you know? Right. And on the other hand, if you come in and you're in better shape, your recovery is shortened, you know, and you've got some zip on your ball. I mean, like, then, then it's like, all right, I can trust this kid, you know? And, and those are the right. kind of things that, you know, and the more conversations you have with like you, like your player that's helping out other people, you know, those are, those are things where people's character is going to get strengthened or weakened during this time. And that's going to happen. We all know we're going to have those guys, but you know, I, yeah. I just feel like that just needed more of a, it just, I guess that's what I love about this. This is what I, I just feel like it needed more of a platform, you know, because I know all the guys that I've talked to my buddies like yourself that, we're all on the same page here, buddy. Like I'm not doing this because, Oh, it's just my thing. Like, no, it's basically the whole, the, you know, the good, a good group of coaches that believe in this and that's right. what they're looking to get, you know, like, and I want to get you to that place. So I'm like, Hey, here's another part of your game that needs worked on. Right. Well, and I think, I think that's one of the, I don't know, the keys for, for all these guys to understand. It's it, basically the same conversation or some of the conversations that we're having right now with these players is the same conversation that I have with our pitchers every year when they go home for winter break and they go away and we all have family vacations or holiday stuff that we do. 
they have Christmas parties they got to go to or a New Year's party or their family takes a trip every you know, year on the 26th of December after Christmas or whatever the case is. And I, I think it, it's not us trying to be mean about it or uh, demanding. We just try to be honest with them and say, listen, here's the plan moving forward. This is what we expect you to be able to do when you return on January, whatever day we return that year. And we'll know if you did what was asked. We'll know if you did our strength guys workout. We'll know if you did the throwing plan that me and you came up with together. We'll know if you did the running plan that our strength guy came up with. We'll know that if you kept in contact with our trainer because you have a pre-existing injury or something that's been bothering you, we're going to know. And we're going to know because as soon as you get back, we're going to have bullpens and you're going to get on that mound and you're going to throw max effort. And if you're not ready to go, you're, you're going to get hurt physically. You're going to get hurt. So now you're just hurting yourself and you're hurting us. The problem is we can't baby you into this because you were given a plan of what to do. Absolutely. And you and I both know it can be done. It's just a matter of, do you want to do it? Right. So when you get back, I'm, I'm hoping to God that nobody gets hurt. Right. You know, and, and every year we've been here, it's gotten better and better every year. And I think because guys truly believe it and understand it now that like, we're not going to stop the season because you get hurt. Like we're going to keep playing. If our Friday guy goes down, that's okay. Our Saturday guy moves up a day. The Sunday guy moves up a day. The midweek guy moves up a day. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's which is, which is a hard, you know, it's a tough truth to hear, but it's the truth. Right. You know, you got to be ready to go. Like your heavy, medium, light days, you know, are even important now, like where guys have to have a weekly schedule because when we, when this gets lifted, some, whenever that is, it could be in May, it could be June, it could be August, it could be October. Um, you, you're, you're not able to just, if we're going to go out and throw bullpens day one, you know, they have to be ready to compete. And I think that's going to, you know, you might take, it's going to take like two heavy days a day, followed by a light day, you know, then the light medium is really up to your arm, you know, and then getting back to that heavy day twice a week. Um, because right. like you're saying, you're going to get hurt and then you're going to let your team down. And then, Again, that comes down to your trust being a good guy, you know, that you're doing your work. Um, right. You know, and so hopefully everybody takes into that. And that's why I'm hoping that this this allows, this gives some good content for even a coach to maybe give to their player, um, you know, and if they're not giving them, hey, like structure your days or getting a, reminding them, uh, hey, when did you get, to, what was your heavy day like this week? You know, what was your light day like? You know, how, how, are, how much did your arm need recover? Um, you know, like just those conversations are pretty important. And um even for a player a player you know especially a kid who's looking to get recruited you know like he's gotta right. he gotta kind of be in charge of those things but yeah I mean the throwing plan stuff to me it's a lot more simple than what I think some people make it out to be you sure. know we what we do is we look at everything in a seven day span so we'll go you know whether that's Sunday to Saturday Monday to Sunday you know whatever and We'll map it out. They have it all in their calendars. They fill it in. Plus I, you know, type it into another uh, space, give it to them in that sense as well. So they have it in two places. Um, but basically you don't have to map out, you know, Monday I'll do this, Tuesday I'll do this, Wednesday I'll do it. You can, but you have to remember that it can change. So if Wednesday you wake up and you have a cold, and you go out and start playing catch. And this was supposed to be a full intent, 
max effort, long toss, whatever you want to call it, a, a, a high day, high output day, and you just feel awful, well, you probably shouldn't do it because that's how you get hurt. You know, it's the same way of how you get sick. You're going to stay sick. So maybe you need to recover for two days. If you feel good enough to go play catch, okay, go move your arm, play catch. Just call it a light day. And then if you feel the same way the next day, do it again. You can make up those days. You'd rather do that than to force yourself into throwing max effort when you don't feel like you can physically do it. You know, and the same goes for our guys throwing bullpens. I mean, we've had starters before that they're planning on throwing their bullpen three days before that outing. And whether it's the night before or they woke up that morning or something, they're sick. Well, it's okay. We don't have to throw it. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll just, we'll do 10 less pitches or five less pitches, or maybe instead of throwing your pen this week, hundred percent, maybe we'll call it 90%, um, you know, and we'll, we'll adapt. You have to be able to adapt your throwing program to everything else that is in the world, whether that's all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're home for the, for winter break and your mom comes in and says, Hey, we're going over to your grandparents' house for the next two nights. They need help. Well, sorry, man, you can't throw for the next two days. It is what it is. Go help your family. Don't throw. Pick up where you left off on Monday. Like, it's okay. You know, the, the world's not going to end because you couldn't do your, your heavy output day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all right. Um, and that's what we try to do. Basically, what I give them is, you know, January 1 to January 6 or 7, I want you to do two long toss days, two light catch days, and one medium day. And all I ask is that the heavy days are spaced out. You know, don't, don't make them on Tuesday, Thursday. You know, space them out Tuesday, Friday, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Friday. You know, make sure there's two, three-day gap in between your heavy days. And that's it. However else you want to tweak it, like if you go out and you do a heavy day today on Monday – and you still feel pretty good the next day, then let's do a medium day. You know, you can throw 120 feet the day after you long toss. That's all right. Or 180 feet. Or you can go throw a short box the day after a long toss if you feel good enough. And then the next day is a light day. You know, so I'm more in the sense of here's a plan for seven days, but we don't map it out for those seven days. We say in this seven-day window, this is what we want to do and accomplish. And however you want to maneuver it, you maneuver it. Yeah, so like just getting into that, so that it just it just got me to thinking of because basically you're going back to them being their own coach, um, yeah, which is awesome. Uh, and I think, I think, um, so Jess, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking through that of then after that seven weeks, because then you like you're saying, okay, throw the short box after you long, like I guess you're just kind of trying these things to right. become your own coach, but then like what's what's their reflection like? Is there, is there a conversation with you at the end of that week? Or is that what you're yeah. like, is that what your staff needs are like, Hey, what's, what was your arm like this week? So if your, if your arm was kind of dragging, then maybe we don't throw the short box after the long toss or, right. okay, well, if you are rock and roll then we're going to do that same thing again and we're yeah. going to see them. So I guess you're having those conversations at the end of the week to kind of reflect and give yeah. the feedback so they can kind of monitor their arm. Yeah, exactly. What you're saying is, And then because, again, then it puts more emphasis on them taking control of their plan, their arm, their career, you know. So and a lot of guys and don't get me wrong. A lot of guys say, well, well, what do you think I should do? You know, well, well, 
can you just write me something out like and let me look at it okay yeah so i'll write something out hey for these four weeks or these two months you know this is what i think i think you need to uh gain arm strength and and endurance so i'd rather you long toss more right now because your pitches are in a good place your breaking ball is good you got a good feel for your change you know whatever so let's do some more arm strengthening type stuff for the next two months i would map it out like this every seven day window do x y and z i'd put your long toss days on monday wednesday friday but only pull down on mondays and fridays wednesday's a stretch day right you know whatever the case is right and then they go through it for a week or two and then it's usually if they're back home or if they're here it depends on you know if it's in person or over the phone or whatever it becomes all right hey i you know i tried to do that and I don't really think I can do that long tall stay on Wednesday. I just, my arm didn't recover quick enough. I did my recovery stuff Tuesday. I wasn't ready for that Wednesday. Like, what do you think? I'm like, okay, well then let's back it down. Let's call it 180 feet. You know, don't go 300. So go long toss pulling down Monday, recover Tuesday with X, Y, and Z. Wednesday, medium. Thursday, light. Friday, boom, get back after it do that this week and then let's see how it feels. And then, you know, hopefully it's, yeah, that was awesome. Okay, great. And I'm like, good. Now when you pulled down on Mondays and Friday, you know, those were full intent, right? You, you know, you moved in every 10 feet and threw one or you moved in every 15 feet and you threw two or three. Some guys like doing a little different. Um, but you got a good 15, 20 pull down throws in there, right? Oh yeah. 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 I feel great okay, well then let's do that for the next five weeks. And we're trying to build up endurance, arm strength, et cetera. And we're just throwing, you know, we're not, we're not a pitcher. We're trying to get stronger. You have to work on the only thing you can, which is just getting as physically strong as possible. Mm -hmm. And because you're looking to knock a guy out because you don't have the endurance and we're not going to be able to build it. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason why, like when all these coaches talk about, well, Greg Maddox pitched in the big leagues and has a Hall of Fame career, and he only threw 88 miles an hour. Well, no, he didn't. You know, he did that in the second half of his career. Was he better then? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, that's not how he got there. Mm-hmm. Don't act like he got there throwing 88. He got signed throwing in the low 90s. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, though. So you have to adapt as a pitcher or a player. So if right now you know, in order for me to get recruited, or for me to get drafted, to move on to the next level, I have to throw harder. Everybody's telling me that. My high school coach is telling me, my travel ball coach, uh, wherever I train, I need velocity. Well, then, yeah, then take the next three months and train for velocity. If that's what you know you need to develop, to have a chance, then do it. What's wrong with that? But if you have the velocity, like all of our committed guys, you have the velocity. So take these next six weeks or however long we're in this period and work on your breaking ball. Make sure it's, you know, as sharp as it can be, get your change up. Cause you don't throw it much in high school because you throw so hard. You never want to throw the change up. Yep. So work on your change up right now, you know, work on your delivery, work on endurance by going to run or something, you know, whatever the case is, that's why I think everything has to be designed around the individual. You know, if you have a player on your team and they're committed to Vanderbilt right now, there's a good chance he doesn't need to worry about throwing much harder right this mm-hmm. minute. He's probably got to work on uh, getting stronger, 
staying healthy, eating better, sleeping more, you know, all the little things that come into being a good ball player. So work on those. But if you have a guy that's still uncommitted and they're a senior and you know they need to work on one specific thing, then that's what their plan should be designed towards, you know? And our players are the same way. No matter what year they are, they're all at a different level. Mm -hmm. We could have five freshmen. They're all five different. Some throw harder than others. Some have a better breaking ball. Some can be a starter right now because they're physically in good enough shape. Some can't. So, okay, well, what is your goal? I want to be a starter next year. Okay, well, I can't promise you that's going to happen. But in order for you to be a starter, this is what you need to work on for the next three months. So that way, when we come back to school, or in our case, five months, when you come back to school, this is what you have to prove to us. That when we throw you in an inner squad, you do keep your velocity. You do keep your command when you get over 40, 50 pitches. And this is what I think you can do to achieve it your plan of being your own coach and I love the let's try this and let come talk to me at the end of the week you know and that's a great way to facilitate things and um you know and guys should be able to like even if guys don't have a coach to do that right now you know if there's a friend of yours or even your dad and say hey here's my seven days and let's talk about this at the end of the week having that accountability partner um you know would be pretty would be pretty great so it's not even like you know all of this stuff like like we talked about earlier this is all going to you know it all give us that time to kind of be our own coach. So not that you need the accountability partner, but like, just like this, in order for us to share how we do things or how we want to do things or refining our process of getting better, like it just helps. So if we, if a kid has somebody to talk to, like they should have somebody set up to talk to where they can say, right. I just need to talk to you about like how my arm feels after this week. Um, you know, so that way we can say, Hey, I'm, I need to, maybe you don't need to long toss as much or pull down as much or, you know, um, you need to add in a recovery day or, you know, whatever the case is. And I think that's the case for all, you know, for everybody right now. I mean, everybody's in this same, uh, in this same boat as, as awful as it is. And it's not really anything we can do about it other than, you know, do what they're telling us, which is wash our hands, keep our distance, things like that. So, I mean, one thing I've been doing is, well, I just, I bought a couple more books that I, uh, I texted a couple guys and said, Hey, like I just finally in the past couple of years started reading a little bit more. I'm more mm -hmm. into watching and listening, but sort of forcing myself to read. Um, you know, what are you reading right now? Or what'd you just finish that you think is, is worth it? Um, you know, each guy told me a couple different things. I looked into them and bought one that each one told me, um, for some weird reason, I had never bought Alan's book. Uh, I listened to a podcast he was on, uh, on that stick and ball TV thing the other day. And, uh, you know, Jager was, uh, going over mental practice and things like that. And as I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, he did write a book. Like I never even read the guy's book. Why didn't I do this? So I'm like, I'm going to get on his website. I'm buying this thing right now. Nice. Um, you know, so I think doing that, um, I went back and looked over all my notes like two weeks ago from every convention I went to in the winter, uh, the pitch of Palooza I just went to, the the Palooza I went to three years ago, went back and looked over my notes again. Um, I think just doing stuff like that, it's almost like a refresher. Yeah. You know, it's it's like listening to two people talk about pitching or or catching, like last night, listening to three or four guys talk about catching. Um some of it I know, some of it I've heard, 
maybe they say it a little different. Um, maybe that works for a, a certain guy you're coaching. Maybe it's, maybe it's a brand new idea that you're learning for the first time. But I think not for nothing, the longer you coach, the more you probably have heard these things, but it's just a good refresher. You know, I'll hear pitching coaches talk about stuff they'll do in bullpens. And I'll remind myself like, man, I used to do that. I, why the heck did I go away from that? Mm-hmm. I should be doing that right now. You know, like, man, why did I, you know, so I'm writing it down. Like, Hey, next fall, when we get back, man, I got to make sure I throw this into some of our guys' bullpens. This would help them. Sure. Um, you know, cause you, you end up learning and listening to so many people and reading so many things that you're always looking to do the next big thing or, or the best way. Yep. And that's my kind of, that's my kind of thing too. It's just like, and you're, you have to be so aware of what you do and what you do best, you know? And that's what, and that's where I kind of struggle. So yeah, I'm looking at everybody in the game and you talk to this guy, talk to this guy. But at the same time, we have to really refine our process. And that's why like this, um, I'm hoping that this is, you know, giving my, you know, good buddies that get a chance to talk and just kind of refine that process because yeah, like we're all, we all have, we're all good at something and are good at the way that we do it. And it's, it's just finding that thing, finding that way that we, we do it. But yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It's tough because I'm like, yeah, man, like that was great. I, I should have kept on with that. Right. Right. You know, but I think, I think that's why it's good to constantly talk to other coaches as much mm-hmm. as possible because sometimes you're reminding yourself of things you forget or you put to the side. And then a lot of times, yeah, you're getting new ideas or a new way to say the same thing you've been saying for the last 10 years. Uh, like the thing you talked about, taking it from Brownie, um, hearing how he talks about that. It's just, it's just a better term. And I think that's why he stuck with it because he, he heard it from somebody that had been doing it longer than him. We hear it from him. He's been doing it longer than us. And okay. Yeah. Now that's in my vocabulary. So I'm stealing it. I'm keeping it probably the hardest thing for all these high school kids. Now they think they have to do certain things in order to be recruited. And really all you got to do is just be a good person and get as, get as good as you can at, at your sport. Yeah. That's it. Like it's not a, it's not a particular showcase or a particular video or whatever else. It's just be as good as you can be. And somebody's going to find you. You're going to find the right fit. We had a junior college kid that the coach just called and said, listen, I haven't told, you know, I've, you know, me again, going back to relationships and being a good person. I trust this guy because a guy back home, that's a lot older than me. That's done it for as long as I've been alive swears to me that this guy is one of the best coaches out there. One of the best people out there. And he goes, listen, man, if he told you to take somebody, you better take him. He's going to help you. And the guy texts me out of nowhere after talking for two years and said, I got a kid. This is where he plays. This is what he can do. I'm telling you, you better take him. So I went to our head coach the next day and said, listen, man, here's the background on this coach is how I know him. And he just swore to me that this guy's going to hit in the middle of the lineup next year. And it's like, okay. So our hitting coach went and saw him in like a a men's league game and uh, looked pretty good. Gave him the fall. Next thing you know, he's hitting in the four hole the next year. That's awesome. Saw the kid play one game right. and, you know, didn't promise him anything other than you're going to get the entire fall to make the team. Yep. And he took and as a, And that's what I, I explain to kids too, is like, even adults and parents is like, you better run when a person just guarantees you playing time. You know, let's hear one, they're not very good, you know, 
or right. two, like, right. you know, like, you know, as a good coach, there's no way you're guaranteeing anybody playing time. Well, we all know in the back of our mind, like, yeah. this guy's going to play, but I, I have never met a good coach, solid guy that's going to guarantee playing time, you know? Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, I know people can't say like, Hey, you come in here, you could, you have, you have a chance to play right away. Like that's still different. No one's guaranteeing you anything, you right. know, depending on like a guy that goes to your level, that might be like a reliever or like a role guy. And depending on whether he goes to, you know, uh, Eastern Mennonite, you know, there's just, there, there's two different levels and that's all depending on what you want to do. Are you okay with competing for a job every day? Or do you just want to go in there, be the man right away. And so you can just play. That's just, they're just totally different situations. Well, yeah, you could play at both levels. There's nothing wrong with that. They're both really, really good schools. You right. know, and not many people can play there, either one of them. But it's, it comes down to what you, what your role is. And there's no way that each of any of those coaches are going to say, I guarantee you'll come in here and play. You right. Know, your role will be different. I mean, yeah, we yeah, like 100%. Matters. If any coach that guarantees you playing time or starting role or something is just, like you said, they're just, they're not telling you the truth. Yeah. Or, how much are they sold out to anybody else? Right. <laughs> right. And that, well, and it, and the only reason why I say they're not telling you the truth is even if they truly believe it in their minds, like, I know I'm right about this kid. I know he's that good. I just know it. I've seen him enough. I've done it long enough. At the end of the day, you never know who could show up. You never know what returner got 10 times better in the summer when he went home or he went home or he went somewhere to play in the summer. Next thing you know, he comes back looking like a draft pick. You assume this freshman was going to take his spot, and you're going, well, I can't not play him. Or like I just said, you have a kid transfer in, has to sit out, shows up the next fall, and nobody can hit him. Well, yeah. what are we going to do? Not right. keep him? Not well, think, pitch him? Like even he's think about your, right. I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios like that. You think about, like you just said, your friend from uh, for, what, Shepherd, the guy that came back from Coastal Carolina, came went to Shepherd. You know, right. because his good right. his his good friend, like, you know, that's gonna happen. And as a coach, like, and even in in, in college, next guy, man, <laughs> like, yeah. it's gonna be what it is, you know. And that well, that it's is. good. I mean, we I think that's been one of the good things. Coach, I said it from the first year, or you know, from the first year on. I've tried to really push to the pitchers, is you know, and and I don't mean anything in a negative way at all. And I and I remind them, like, I hope you don't take this in a negative way. I hope you don't take it in the sense of I'm trying to talk tough right now because I'm not. I'm just trying to be truthful with you. My job recruiting wise is to go find pitchers that are better than every pitcher we have. That's my job. I'm told to go find the best pitchers we can get. So, yeah, every time I, I recruit somebody or we recruit somebody, we hope they're better than everybody we have. Of course. Absolutely. They're not going to be, they're not all going to be, you know, once in a while they are, but uh, at the end of the day, that's our job because we need to win. We have to be as good as we can be on the field. So after we check all the boxes of being a good person, being a good teammate, high school coach uh, checks off on them, travel ball coach checks off on them, summer, fall, whatever. Um, If he plays another sport, hopefully those coaches check off on them for us. And then, yeah, the ability is we think he's better than the guys we have. That's why we're adding them. Um, because that's, you know, that's the name of the game. It's the same thing. If you do advance to the next level and play professional baseball, trust me, they're going to keep signing guys every year. And they're going to keep signing guys hoping they're better than you. Mm-hmm. Even if you become the number one starter of the major league team, 
they're looking for that guy to take your spot and you become the number two or the three or the four or the five. It's just the way it works. Jimmy Jackson from James Madison University, the associate head coach, just exceeded expectations for me what this interview was. I thought we'd talk about a lot of just about baseball and how he develops better ball players, but he dove into and really believes in better men. He really believes in that better men will relate to better ball players. And then was able to talk to about recruiting, you know, which I think is invaluable for most parents, most players that want to listen, and even just coaches who want to recruit those kind of players. Um, you know, and James Madison is one of the you know up and coming uh, great programs right now because Jimmy's one of the top guys that I believe is probably on the verge of getting the next job. Um, and so his recruiting style and where they're at James Madison wise, you know, forgetting those top quality kids are just like the guys that, you know, the top programs are getting. Um, they're looking for those guys that are good teammates that are doing things for other people that are, that can do it by themselves, you know, and are better men. And all of a sense, they're better men. They're better ball players for it. Um, because at the same time at that high level, they're all good ball players. It's just a matter of them. What's separating them is the mentality, is the mindset, the mentality that they will take into their everyday life, you know. And so that's the separator, you know. And I'm hoping that this is what um, our podcast is going to help you with determining is how can you be that person. And, you know, I'm just hoping that you had a great experience, hoping that you're able to listen to this podcast and enjoy it. I know it was a long one. I wasn't expecting Jimmy to just give all these great nuggets and for us to have this great conversation, but um, I'm really not surprised because Jimmy's a great guy uh, and just a, a phenomenal guy that I'm really fortunate to know. And again, I can't thank Jimmy Jackson enough for taking the time to talk to me and hopefully get some great content for you to listen to. And if you want to reach out to Jimmy, I would Highly recommend you do that. Um, you can find him on Twitter, Jimmy Jackson. You can search the James Madison website and look up his email address at James Madison Dukes. Um, so please reach out to him. He's one of the best guys that I know. I'm really fortunate to know him. I mean, we played adult baseball together for the Hagerstown Braves. And... Um, you know, it could have been a guy that I could have played college baseball with. Just known him for over 20 years. Um, Jimmy Jackson, I couldn't speak ho- more more highly of him. And, um, you know, really fortunate to have the relationship I have with Jimmy. And uh, couldn't wish him anything the best. I'm sure great things are going to happen to him in the future. And I want to thank you for listening to us. And I hope that you found another way to be not only better ball players, but better men. So again, thank you for joining us in the podcast and keep getting better. <laughs>